Welcome to another episode of Football Introspection. I am your host, Anati. And on today's episode, we'll have a recap of the weekend's football. We'll have a quick discussion about um, the League Cup final. Um, yeah, I might <clears throat> get a bit riled up slightly on on the refereeing decisions that happened, but it's nothing new for Chelsea to play against Chelsea players. Anyway, um, yeah, check what's next. Go through yesterday's poll, and then just a small conversation in terms of politics and sports. But yeah, let's let's get into the episode and hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so let's just start the episode with the recap of Thursday's um, fixtures and the results that happened over that day in Europa League and. Premier League and Arsenal beat Wolves 2-1 um, yeah Wolves probably started the game off well and then fell off because they didn't keep on pushing it's like they were settling for a 1-0 victory instead of trying to score more against Arsenal and I guess that backfired for them and then Barca through beating Napoli and Rangers are through beating well they drew it um, Dortmund 2-2 but went through on aggregate 6-4 and just go back to the Barca game Barca beat Napoli 4-2 on the night so ended up going through 5-3 on aggregate so yeah that's the <laughs> recap for the fixtures on Thursday alright so let's go on to the weekend's um, fixtures and we start in, in France and um, we'll just do some shock results as well. I think for me, Marseille drawing 1-1 with Troy. Um, yeah, for Marseille just to try and secure themselves a Champions League spot would need to continuously beat these smaller sides and not drop points. But yeah, um, they'll, they'll beat Lyon 1-0 in a big match which actually counts for almost nothing because they're both not really in contention for a European spot unless there's like a late charge by either side and then um, in terms of a Champions League um, battle or European um, qualification battle uh, Strasbourg and Nice played out a normal draw and then the highest um, or the most goals for the weekend was between Marseille oh, sorry was between Montpellier and Ren and Ren won that game 4-2 and as well as PSG played this weekend they also um, played and won with beat Saint Etienne 3-1 two assists from Messi and a beautiful assist from Mabel outside of his foot to add to the two goals that he scored in the game um, beautiful cross by Mbappé outside foot of the outside foot cross a back post for Tomilo to score a simple header so yeah that's our recap for France all right on to the Bundesliga and Leverkusen beat Arminia 3-0 Freiburg has also beat Hertha 3-0 um, Union are back on track hopefully that they can qualify for European football for next season. They beat Mainz 2-1. Because I just had to, I mean, sorry, 
the user to continue with this form um Bayern and Leipzig both respectively won one nil against Frankfurt and Bochum and then Dortmund drew 1-1 against Oscar. This is the thing I was saying about Dortmund, if you remember, on last week's episode. I think, which one was it? I think it was Monday's episode. Yeah, it had to be. Um, they're up and down. Like, I'm not saying that this is a terrible result to draw to Augsburg, but one weekend you're magnificent and you're fresh and glad back. And then the next weekend, you're struggling to beat Oxford. And then in between those fixtures, you're playing against a Rangers side who you're favorite to beat as well. And you struggle to. Um, yeah, especially without talent, it seems like they're struggling a lot to convert um, matches into victories and proper victories. Because, yeah, I don't know. And... Haaland is probably leaving at the end of the season. So that will be something that they'll need to fix because even with Haaland, it's not like they were able to mount a super serious title challenge against um, Munich. So, yeah. All right, uh, on to some Italian football. So in Serie A, it's, <laughs> the title chase is... It's stuttering a bit. Um, it's it's looking to give some other teams, some unlikely teams, a, a possibility or a chance of actually competing in this title race. Uh, reason why I say this is because Milan drew with Udinese 1-1, Inter drew with Genoa 0-0, and now Napoli beat Lazio 2-1. So these are the top three teams, Milan, Inter and Napoli. Um, I think in the past week, in the past two fixtures, Napoli picked up the most points, four out of six. <clears throat> Inter picked up two, no, one out of six. And Milan picked up two out of six. So now Milan and Napoli are currently on top of the table with two points clear of Inter with a game in hand. Juve are seven points off the top and they beat Empoli 3-2. So if they can be consistent and these other teams keep on dropping points, then why can't Juve challenge for the league? I don't see why not. So yeah, it's always been an interesting thing. I I, I thought this that this could happen, but then there were some matches where I was seeing Juve were dropping points and stuff. And yes, Juve are not... A complete article yet or anything close to it but it's very much possible that they can go like four on the spin four wins in a row and these other teams drop points here and there maybe over those four games win one draw two lose one something like that and that puts juve back in contention for another league title so yeah that would be very interesting and it would be a, i think it would be if Juve were to win the league, this would probably be one of Max's best like league victories because this is a a Juve side that shouldn't be competing for the league title. But then if they do win it, they would be champions. So yeah, that would be a huge thing for Juve. 
um yeah then the final match i don't want to talk about Hellas Verona beat Venezia 3-1 the son of Diego Simeone Giovanni Simeone scored a hat-trick in this game for Hellas he's currently now the third top scorer in Serie A with 15 goals um yeah i think he is on loan from Cagliari which um for me is a smaller club than Hellas i think even on the log they below Hellas but like just past few years that i've been watching um Serie A Hellas for me has been the bigger side i've enjoyed it when when Juric was there they played very good um attacking football i think even Juric is now the coach of Shakhtar Donetsk if i'm not mistaken but yeah so that would be um the that's why i would say Hellas is a bigger club and so it's possible that if Simeone at least gets 20 plus in the season he could move to another Serie A side or someone in Europe could be looking for him like let's say a side like Arsenal who may need a strike at the end of the year Simeone might be someone that they look at so yeah all right on to Spain now and bottom side Levante picked up a crucial victory against Alche beating Alche actually 3-0 and that victory will be important in two um, aspects. So firstly, for points. And secondly, in terms of goal difference, uh, 3-0 victory definitely helps, especially when you're battling such, um, like in, such of, in the midst of such a battle, like in a relegation battle or a top four battle where finishing one position higher or lower doesn't it's not only about the money that you get paid but it also like the the future of the the club on where it's going because a club can get relegated and then just lose all like the backing maybe the players leave or the manager leaves or whatever but then and they just stay in the second division or go down to the third division for way too long something like that or getting into the top four getting into Champions League or Europa League spots and then you're a few million um, euros richer and you can sign better players because of the attraction of European football so that could continue pushing your team higher for the future years so yeah um, 7 out of 9 um, points for Levante in the last 3 now there's 6 points um, of safety then Real Madrid beat Rayo Cano in the Madrid derby, the 1-1-0. Atleti beat Celta 2-0. Uh, Brace by Renan Lodi, um, two assists by Ndombele as well. I think Simeone um, is possibly getting the best out of Ndombele. Uh, Ndombele was always a player that I knew that had talents, but was never really showing it in the clubs that he played for so when he was like at valencia at inter he was there was always that he could be he could be better than what he is or world class or whatever the case may be but now it seems like he's possibly pulling his socks up and i'm just also basing it off the game against man united when he was an immense and now this so i just keep an eye on him more often and watch his more of his games to see how much he's developed but like to think that he is going to be a 
under Simeone. And then Villarreal beat Espanyol 5-1. Uh, Jeremy Pino, 19-year-old winner, Spanish winner for a case of Villarreal, scored four goals in the game. He's actually the youngest player to score a hat-trick in the first half for in the Spanish La Liga at the age of 19. Um, yeah, it's someone just you got to keep an eye out for. Yeah, he played last season's Europa League final against Man United, plays a lot on the right wing, and he's a Spanish international as well. So just keep your eye out for Jeremy Pino. And then Sevilla won the Seville derby against Betis 2-1. And yeah, it's also a top four clash besides being a, the... Derby, it's also a top four clash, so that's what even makes this that made that game even bigger. And then Barca beat a better club 4 0. Dembele coming off the bench to get two assists and a goal himself. So, yeah, that's good to see him keeping fit. And but this thing he hasn't been starting much, so we'll see when he starts if he can still stay fit. So, yeah, all right, um, on to England and. Spurs beat Leeds 4-0. And Leeds sacked Marcelo Bielsa. Leeds are also the first team to concede 20 goals in a month, which is February, the shortest month even as well. So, yeah, <clears throat> that is tough uh, for Leeds. If I was a Leeds fan, I would be sad that Bielsa is gone. As a football fan, I am sad that Bielsa is gone. Um, reason being is because Bielsa had to, had to deal with most of the season without um, star players. Calvin Phillips has been out for a lot of the season. Uh, Liam Cooper has been out. Captain has been out for most of a lot of the season. Uh, Patrick Bamford has been out for most of the season. And then there's players who coming keep coming in and out with injuries. Players like Rodrigo, Click. Ailing, um, Lorente, Strauk, uh, Junior Firpo. So there's a lot of players who's been coming in and out of the squad because of injuries, and now that's a problem. You don't have a set squad to pick players that will play your football to the best of your ability because of the maybe the 23 men that Bielsa came into the season thinking is going to use, uh, and. 11 of them, or so when we look at the 11 starters, that would start more often than not if everyone is fit. You look at that and you find that we only have five of them or so that are fit, four, three that are fit on a regular basis for most of the games. Someone like Rafinha Dallas, who's played most of the games. So, yeah, it's a tough one for him, unfortunately, that he's gone. And then Jesse March, who was actually coach of Lightspeak and got sacked now, now. Lightspeak is going to take charge of Leeds. So, yeah. And then Newcastle beat Brentford 2-0. Uh, reason why I want to talk about this game actually was not because of Newcastle. It's just because Christian Eriksen made his debut for Brentford off the bench. He is back in professional football and that is a very happy sight to see. Um, so, yeah. Glad to see him. Hopefully, he can help Brentford stay up for their sake. Then United drew normal with Watford. Honestly, if United continue like this, then they're definitely going to miss out on Champions League football. 
and even might miss out on European football in general. So, yeah. City beat Everton 1-0. Um, I saw a video of Lampard today where he was talking about the handball decision that was not given to his side. The Rodri um, handball in the box that should have been a penalty. And there's no offside in the build-up when Luke Richarlison through. He looks clearly onside. And secondly, the ball hits him in the arm, in the bicep. So I don't get why that was not given as a penalty. Um, yeah, like, I agree to win the league and stuff. You need luck. But this is not the luck that we're talking about. When you talk about luck, you probably look at maybe the goal that City scored. Is that the cross gets de- deflected. And then Michael Keane is not awake. And then it slips through him and Phil Foden finishes. So, that's maybe the type of luck we're talking about and not the a clear handball not given as a penalty. So yeah. Um yeah, West Ham beat Wolves one 0 So yeah, that's the wrap of the Premier League football. So yeah, if you saw my if you have my Instagram you would have seen after the League Cup final I posted a young um, picture like I was dying. <laughs> But anyway, um, just want to talk about that game. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard, honestly. Um, firstly, the game as a whole, uh, not to come out as the victors, as a Chelsea fan, it's a very, it's a very tough one to take um, because we played better football. Uh, we we can only say that Liverpool should have scored on one occasion when um, Mendy made the double save. That's like the only time we can say Liverpool should have scored. Maybe you can say the Salah um, chance as well. That one-on-one chance, you could also possibly say that. But besides that, you look at Chelsea having two chances with Mason Mount, which should be put in the back of the net, especially the second one. Uh, Pulisic's chance as well. He also did the same thing as Mane, as trying to put the ball on target instead of trying to score. Um, yeah, that, and then uh, you look at some very tight offside decisions, especially the Lukaku one that looked very, very tight. It looks, the line looks like it's drawn on the bicep which is a part that you can't use to score. So it's very a tight decision to think. And it, another thing, the line looks like it overlaps each other. And the new law that I was told was, like, the, or the new way to interpret it, um, offsides and VAR is that if the lines overlap, then, um, sorry about that. If the lines overlap, then um, the player will be off, onside and not offside. So... Yeah, that's a, a tough one to take. Uh, another, you look at more refereeing decisions um, from Stuart Atwell. You look at Mount getting hit in the elbow. I mean, hit with an elbow in the face and the free kick going Liverpool's way. Like, uh, when you look at that whole situation, fine, initially I don't see the elbow, but... I'm seeing Navigator blocking Mount off from getting the ball and Mount not committing a foul. You don't see Mount pulling him. You don't see Mount running into him. You don't see Mount making a tackle or anything like that. And then you see the replay and then 
it's on the side where the referee is at and the, where the elbow um, comes into Mahon's face and we still get the yellow, I mean, the free kick against us. So you don't understand what is happening. And then you look at the situ- the next challenge, Navigator and Trevor Chalobah, where ball is bouncing, 50-50 ball. Both go up with um, studs high. Trevor Chalobah gets to the ball first. He doesn't get a full contact on the ball like to control it or anything. But if anyone touches the ball there, it was Trevor Chalobah. He got a young nick on the ball, a small nick on the ball. And then by the time um, the contact is made by Keita, if you compare anyway the height of the feet or the direction the studs are facing, Trevor's foot is already heading downwards while maybe Keita is still in a like horizontal position which catches um trevor chalaba not on the thigh in actually the most painful area in the balls not set situation excuse my french for that but that is definitely a high foot and i don't understand how that is not given as a red card how yeah i look at that and decide you know what this guy got kicked in his man parts and that's not a red card Please tell me how. I don't understand that. I, I'm just trying to understand how someone can put that so high and then not get sent off for such a challenge. No contact with the ball is no excusable defense that can happen because 50-50 challenges can be still given as red cards if they are dangerous. So that's, so you can't say no, it was a 50-50 challenge. Secondly, he doesn't get the ball, so you can't even say he gets the ball and it's just a follow-through that gets him. No, it's nothing like that. I don't understand why he doesn't get a red card. So, um, yeah, Liverpool escaped with that. And I don't want to sound like that guy, but then if that was reversed, you probably find that that Chelsea player does get a red card. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so there's a certain... Um, decisions there as a Chelsea fan you look at and you're like why aren't these decisions going our way you don't get it yes there were offside goals that we scored which obviously were offside you look at the Liverpool goal and you say no look at the Liverpool goal you guys were saved or anything no it's not that we were saved it's just that Virgil was offside and they interfered in play by blocking um, Reese James same thing happened for Man United Fuck, I can't remember who they played against. But then Varane scored a header. And it was one of the games that they drew 1-1. I think it was like Burnley or something. But Varane scores a header from a free kick. But Maguire makes a run early. And then on his way back, he's offside. Yeah, then he bumps into Jay Rodriguez from an offside position. And Jay Rodriguez is a man who's closest, would have been closest to Varane for that header. Probably doesn't get there, but he's still interfering with play from an offside position. And that's what happened. So if that goal was not ruled out for um, Liverpool, then why would it be ruled out for Man United? So it would be unfair. So that's why that goal for me, it's correctly ruled out. Um, yeah, and then we move on to the shootout. And yeah, that's it's look, it's unlucky for Getbar, man. It's a terribly taken penalty. I don't want to lie about that. But um, yeah, he's, he's unlucky. His, his job, as the media would have probably publicized, saying that he's come on to save penalties and win Chelsea the shootout. 
but he's ended up losing chances of shootouts. Ah, man, it's unfortunate. As a keeper, yes, you're not expected to save penalties. It's just if you miss your penalty, it's bad. He should feel sad. So too should Mounts and all Chelsea players. But then after that, if you just look at the performance of a match, you have to be proud of the game. Congratulations to Liverpool for winning the um, League Cup. Um, they played a great game, probably one of the best normal games that um, we've all seen, especially in a long time. So um, that was a great final to watch. Problem was, I was my team was playing, so I had like so many um, minor heart attacks during the game. But otherwise, it was a beautiful final to win. Sad that we lost, but um, football always wins. So yeah. All right. So yeah, let's look at um what's next and there's some league action there's some cup action so just check out that so like la liga premier league uh fa cup copa italia copa del rey um the german dfb pokal they're all playing this um midweek just to mention a couple of games that you could um be interested in there's the Derby de la Madonina, so Milan versus Inter, there's Southampton and West Ham, Liverpool, Norwich, Fiorentina versus Juve, so Vlahovic plays against his former club, and then Valencia versus Athletic Club. So those are some highlight fixtures that I just um, picked out, but there's a ton of fixtures that are playing this uh, midweek, so you can check it out. All right, um, on to yesterday's poll. So, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, first question is, who do you think would be Europe's top goal scorer? So I was talking about league. Um, I realized that I wasn't clear about it, but I hope um, everyone got it that I was meaning league. But, yeah, even if we did for all competitions, then it's fine. I just used num- the players I chose were based off league numbers. Um yeah, I could only choose three players, so that's why there was the other. So I wanted people to maybe come up with someone who I didn't mention because the league goal numbers are very tight. Um, but except for Leva, which is the thing that um probably you guys didn't know some of some people, so it probably was kind of unfair because I knew the numbers and you guys didn't, which I realized that I should have written. The numbers in um but anyway uh the were options of lever there was Mahovic, big bands and then other so i got one person with other rosala um he has 19 goals same as benzema the reason why i added to add bands and not salah was because benz has a better um what goal to minute ratio so yeah i think by like 10 minutes or something like that so that's why i chose him and then Lehovic has 20 goals, and that's why he's also in. And then Leva has 28 league goals, and he got most of the votes. So he got three votes, Salah got one vote, the others got nothing. So yeah, I also voted for Leva because of the gap. And then in terms of assist thing of Europe, same situation. The other was also there for people that were tight. So... um. Those. I got a vote for Trent, who has 10 assists. got a vote for Messi, who has 10 assists. got a vote for Salah, who also has 10 assists. And 
I voted for Dominico Berardi, who has 11 assists, just because I think um, Sassuolo have players who can score goals. Uh, Kamaka, Raspadori, Traore, Bechrao, Esuen, a few. So, yeah, I do think that um, Berardi can get most assists already in the league. But in terms of the poll, it was even. Everyone got one vote. And then the third question was the best number 10 in the world. I had KDB, Muller, Royce Fernandez. I voted for Muller uh, just for goals and assistance in space. I'm interpreting KDB, Fernandez got one vote each and Royce got nothing. And then the final bonus question was who do you think is going to win the League Cup final? There were six votes for Chelsea, none for Liverpool. And Liverpool ended up winning. So yeah. All right, uh, just to end off the episode, I just want to talk about the Ukraine-Russia situation, but just in footballing terms. And, um, yeah, so we've seen um, a lot of teams and leagues um, show support for Ukraine, uh, which I'm not against, and that's for war or anything like that but um, you look at previous situations especially situations that happen in the Middle East where no one is talking about it no footballers are talking about it no leagues are talking about that with America bombing and um, what you call killing people from those countries in Syria, Iraq and all that the Palestine situation that was happening, um, or that blew up hectically, let me rather say not was happening, but that blew up hectically you know, last year, um, you don't see a lot of footballers um, talking about it. When they did, they were told, no, let's not bring um, politics into sports. When Masoud Azul was talking about the Muslims as well back in his time last year, then uh, he started... He stopped playing for Arsenal under Teta and then eventually left. Eventually, eventually got kicked out of the club. You look at all these situations which um, players come up and talk about um, what's going on, especially when it's a minority or uh, people of colour to when they're complaining about white people. And then we're told, no, let's not, um, what do you call it, put politics into sports. But now when it's white on white violence or Europeans against Europeans, we should all wear our Ukrainian jerseys or support our Ukrainian fans and everything. It doesn't make sense to me. Look, I'm not against what we're doing and everything, but I'm just saying let's just keep the same energy in all other um, situations as well. Because if this is allowed to happen in sports, if this is fine to happen in sports, then all other situations were also rightly justifiable to happen as well. Now, we can't say just because it's white on white, now it's more important. So, yeah, I don't I don't want to talk too much about it. I just wanted to mention this and hope everything goes well in that side of the world. But, um, yeah, hope everything goes well elsewhere as well. So to the countries in the Middle East, that are experiencing their own problems. Let's hope that they don't have to deal with this um, constant uh, type of 
war that they having to deal with. So, yeah. So, yeah, we've come to the end of today's episode. Um, I'd like to thank you all for participating in the poll and quizzes that I do on the socials and actually listening to the episodes as well and sharing it with your friends all over the world. And I appreciate all the new listeners that um, we get. Um, yeah. Thanks for everything. Thanks for the support. And yeah, this has been the episode. Bye.